Welcome to episode 85 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. I am Landon Witt. Many of you have been listening to this show for over a year now. I think we're in the second year of this show. I've been transitioning slowly into the YouTube space, and that's been interesting. It's been a lot of work, to be honest, to create all this uh, video production and, you know, do the guest hiring and do all that, and really to just be completely transparent. I've been doing that all alone for the most part. We just recently brought on an assistant uh, to help me with that project, which is actually one of our investment analysts who he, you know, helps me out, do other things. And, and so he's been running the camera. This episode w- that we're airing today is probably the last time for a little while that we'll do a podcast style video. We're going to go back to the audio style because I need the flexibility to work more deals. Um, We've had a tremendous amount of increase in buyer attention due to the COVID, and it's all great stuff if we can get inventory. And so we've been doubling up on being able to get inventory, really just letting people, sellers, know, hey... Did you know that, first off, properties are selling like hotcakes in Oklahoma City during this COVID crisis? And really, after talking with Tom Ferry, that's a national thing, properties selling like crazy because people aren't listing their homes. And homes that were for sale have now come off the market, some of them, with the sellers just withdrawing them. And so buyers with the low interest rates have been flocking and portals like Zillow and Trulia and these different places have reported increases in buyer activity, but decreases in the amount of listings. So it's really created a interesting scenario for uh, the sellers where it's just an ultra sellers market. Now, many of you know that appraisers do not uh, respond quickly to events like this. That's a good reason. That's a good for good reason because the appraisers, as you know, want to keep those values consistent over time. Now they can respond fairly quickly, but not this quick. So will be interesting to see as we get into the monthly sales and we'll be talking about that going up i've got some user feedback some listener feedback from you guys really just wanting the show to focus on news uh, articles about what's going on in oklahoma city and for you guys that are out of state really appreciate you guys a lot uh, we've done the i do the 360 videos for you guys of the properties the walkthroughs and then just vital information that i wish i have or had if you know investing from afar it can be uh, challenging at times but we try to make that easy nevertheless we're going to be transitioning again i'm, I'm going to be changing from metro first realty which was my current firm or the brokerage that I was underneath running the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. The Oklahoma City Real Estate Show is my company, uh, but it, it, you know, for the sales portion, we operate underneath a brokerage. So I've actually been recruited to a, another firm here in Oklahoma City called Hamilwood. They have uh, sold about 120 properties since January, only 17 people in the company, and they've already sold 120 properties this year. Uh, One of their agents sold 26 just since January, 
and it's her first year in real estate. So if that doesn't tell you how hot the market is right now for first time home buyers and maybe second time home buyers, probably that 450, 400 price point and under is just stinging hot. The three, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the 300 and down really hot. So anyways, want to get into the guest on the show today, city councilwoman Nikki Nice, uh, talking about uh, Ward 7 and some of the interactions that she's had at city council. Now, Ward 7's like southeast Oklahoma City, still a wild card for this market. So interesting to hear some of her feedback, really just focused in on uh, equality, you know, mainly just making sure that that homes are available for people and that, you know, they don't have to be renters for forever. And we all know that if we're property investors, we all know at some point that uh, people will transition into buying, hopefully, at least 50% of them will, and the rest may stay renting the rest of their life. And there's no, no problems with that. But when we have a obstacle like education that prevents someone we want to alleviate those little things and that's some of the things we talked about on the show so we'll hear that interview coming up but i wanted to start this prefaces for the podcast listeners to let you know the show will be evolving over this summer just due to time constraints so i'm going to be coming on uh, maybe weekly maybe not i don't know just keep subscribed and you'll get updates when it's coming. It'll most likely be on Wednesdays. But again, I don't know when it's going to occur, but definitely news-oriented, definitely getting your monthly market news in as we look at those charts and we look at what's going on in the inventory. But uh, thank you guys for continuing to listen, continuing to support. Make sure you leave those comments, those feedbacks. You can email me anytime. There's no other agent in Oklahoma City that operates like this. This is crazy. I do things nobody does because I'm thinking just like you're thinking from an investment mindset. And also I've got the technology edge, which we've got the 360 videos and stuff to make you really feel like you're in these properties. You don't have to fly here. You don't even have to drive. You just already here virtually. So those are some cool parts. Uh, Thanks for listening. And here is Ward 7, Nikki Nice, recorded last week. I'm going to replay this for you guys here on the show today. Welcome to episode 85 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, it's Nikki Nice from Ward 7 in Oklahoma City City Council. As you may imagine, a lot's been changing uh, in Oklahoma City regarding local business policies, uh, freedom of movement, uh, the health department, and how we've been dealing with these issues. Uh, Nikki's going to talk to us a little bit about what it's like on the front lines of this thing, uh, watching uh, city policy going down, and also a little bit of a snapshot on what it might look like once this is all over. From the middle of America, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show, covering local market data, news, and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top Realtor, investor, husband, father, and veteran. Here is your host, Landon Witt. 
For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. Uh, Nikki, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Now, before this all happened, we had just, you know, finished with our MAPS vote. We were looking forward to a very, very, very bright future with opening the new convention center. The uh, Scissortel Park had just done its grand opening. Oklahoma City was primed and ready to rock for uh, 2020 and 2021. Um, how has the conversation changed since? Well, the conversation hasn't changed a lot um, other than how we have to maneuver and, and now physically distance ourselves. I think that's really just been the, the bulk of the conversation of, of now, how do we do it differently? Um, not how do we um, change or just not open up or, or do different things or, or not bring in development, but how do, how do we do it differently? Um, and, and I think with everyone um, who's experienced this, this is something we have never experienced before. So obviously this is something new for everyone and everyone is just trying to adjust to the new normal, if you will, of how uh, we interact and, and what it looks like when we're in these public spaces and when we're at restaurants, when we're at uh, places that we patron and enjoy, and even when we're at home. Hmm. Now, for those that may not understand the layout of the ward system in Oklahoma City, could you briefly describe what Ward 7 is? Yes, Ward 7 um, is actually 130 square miles of the city's 620. Uh, so basically, it's probably, if not the biggest, uh, one of the largest wards that we have in Oklahoma City. So we stretch from uh, 192nd and Western, all the way down south to uh, Southeast 44th and Bryant to about Southwest 44th and Shields. And then we go all the way East um, into Lutheran Jones area. So the, it, there are places that are cut out of that, that belong to a different ward, but for the most part, that's what you're looking at when you look at Ward 7. So we're talking uh, Tinker Air Force Base is included in Ward 7, or is that a separate that's a separate ward. It, it, that actually cuts off uh, a little before you get to Tinker where we are. Um, mm -hmm. So it, like I said, it kind of cuts around in some aspects, but uh, Ward 7 would be uh, about uh, around like the Sooner area and then cutting back up in, in some aspects when you go around to um, like catching 23rd and 36 around that area. So there's been a lot of increase in that area in investment and in just uh, growth that where, you know, for a while there, there was parts of Southeast that, that folks didn't really want to uh, uh, go to. And then now we're seeing a, a real research, you know, a, a resurgence of that area and just, just folks are really looking, uh, you know, as we got the Scissortel Park then being kind of that central meeting point. A lot of people can go uh, downtown and enjoy downtown and then live uh, affordably right outside of the downtown corridor. Uh, so we see that. And then we also see a lot more people working remote jobs now so they can just kind of live uh, very affordably. Um, so when this happened, right, so we're going, uh, you know, restaurants have been closed and all this, and now we're opening everything slowly and in a controlled fashion back open. What are some of the things that your constituents have come to you and the residents are saying is maybe questions that they have, or what's the biggest concerns right now? 
Well, the, the main concerns that I have received are uh, people saying that they have observed others not um, observing social distancing or physical distancing uh, in the places that they patron. And obviously that's that's going to be an issue for all of us um, because we are those who are, want to stay safe. You know, we all want others to be safe as well, but a lot of us take it in a different way, in a little uh, way of more seriousness than others. Um, but not to say none of us are taking it serious, but, you know, there are some that are a little more concerned um, and have some of those underlying conditions and others. So obviously they're going to, they're going to carry in for stuff. I've heard also about testing, uh, getting testing sites in, in different parts of, of our ward and our communities in those uh, areas that are most vulnerable. Um, but other than that, you know, people are, are trying their best just to survive and stay safe because these are times that have uh, been unprecedented. This is something, again, we've never experienced before. And it's it's really hard. It's, it's hard for everyone. It's hard for our mental health. It's hard um, for our physical health. It's hard for our emotional health. You know, it's just, it's just difficult um, in these times for a lot of us who have to do things in a different way and and rely on on uh, means that we've never relied on before and and also just trying to make it day by day and step by step mm. you know doesn't matter what position you're in everyone's been affected by this you know i just had a discussion earlier today with a young couple that's looking to buy in south oklahoma city and they're experiencing what we have called the the lowest inventory in history is now on the market before this we had 20,000 people a year moving here so our inventory was already low and now folks uh you know coming out of the school year the school year's ending or normally around this time of year it's ending and people are putting their houses on the market because they're going to maybe move that summer to a larger house or maybe a different city and that's just not happening this year and so we've got a situation where inventory is super super low but yet folks still have to move and are still moving out of their lease situations and this kind of thing. So it's definitely been unprecedented times. I would say for individuals that maybe are facing a situation in which it's harder to pay the mortgage and that, this is a time that actually is very beneficial to sell. So if they did have that option, that's definitely something. And we've already worked with quite a bit of our customers already where they've been able to place themselves from, uh, you know, if there was a large house that they had to downsize them or to move multiple families together during this hard time. Um, now, have you guys been getting any feedback from unemployment offices? I mean, I, I know that's a big concern. They just had the pandemic button, uh, you know, pandemic payment button is, you know, it, it came out, I think it was last Friday and then the button crashed. And, and 20,000 people, they said, pushed the button and, and crashed the button for Oklahoma. And now the button's back again. Um, has that been a relief? Is the relief getting to residents? Uh, to my knowledge, it's getting to the folks, but it's not getting there fast enough. And, and that's the unfortunate piece of, of what you have to deal with when you have these types of situations that have not occurred before. So there's nothing in place um, beforehand to say this is how we can maneuver through this type of situation or through this type of disaster or through this type of pandemic. 
Um, so to my knowledge, there have been people receiving, but again, people have been receiving it very slowly. And a lot of folks who could benefit um, need it now. And I think that's, that's the issue. People mm-hmm. need that assistance. They need that help now. Um, and it's very difficult for them to um, get to where they need, or even if those folks are renting, it's hard for them to get that money or have, make sure they have that cushion for their landlord or whoever it is they have to pay their rent to or their mortgage to, to ensure that not only they can do that, but also survive at the same time, you know? So those are the difficulties uh, with, again, how, how this is taking place, how this is affecting everyone. Um, and, and now, again, how we have to realize uh, what we have to implement and put in place in a lot of aspects as far as uh, policy to ensure that the most vulnerable and those who need, who have the least protection um, continue to be protected or how can we make sure they will be protected? You know, folks that have been stable in Oklahoma City for many, many years, I think everyone listening to this program would agree that if if you're a, a landlord, you're a property management company, you're a realtor, you are a contractor or servicer, you want stable homeownership and you want stable renters. You want a stable economy, right? That's our goal. So I think when we get into this situation where we have temporary restrictions on working hours. I have seen landlords doing incredible jobs of offering discounted rent, of, of waiving rent altogether for those tenants that they've got that they know, hey, this tenant has paid on time for many years. They've been with us, they're, they're a great person, they're taking care of that property, and they just have a situation where temporarily they're unable to work, but they're working as hard as they can to try to find an answer to that question. And so I think everybody's playing a good role here of just saying, let's, let's make this possible uh, for this short period of time. Now, how long is this period of time? Do you guys have any idea, um, you know, when does this go back to normal? I think that's the question everybody's asking. When is this really going to be back to a full normal? And I I don't think there's ever going to be an answer of a full normal ever again uh, because of of what we're experiencing now. But um, as far as, you know, with what the federal government has put in place of steps to get back to reopening um, our our states um, and also now with, with our our uh, mayor um, with steps to implementing how our city is reopening and in those steps, you know, those are are the things we have to look at, but we still have to look at the data. We still have to look at the hospitalization rates. We still have to look at the positive cases and all of those things are still going to determine how Oklahoma city, how Oklahoma and even how the nation, how we have to proceed cautiously to ensure that, that people are uh, uh, being safe or they are uh, uh, going to have security and safety to ensure that their health won't be at risk uh, when we decide to completely say you you can and you will be able to roam and do the things that you want you to do. But when you consider, again, no vaccine, no cure, it's going to be a while before even a lot of, again, that normal that we have ever experienced will get back to again. Mm. 
With the convention center, have there been any discussions of, of a change in maybe the amount of people that will be able to attend a convention at, in Oklahoma City? Um, as of this time, you know, right now, at, I would say we're still following those specific guidelines that we have with the CDC. Mm -hmm. But you know, this finally, we figure out what, what we need to do. I'm sure, again, even with conventions and all of those things, it, it's going to look different. You know, I, I just can imagine everything is going to look different with the convention center, with any convention mm -hmm. uh, from here in, especially any convention for this summer. I belong to a, a business sorority and they had been planning to have this meeting or, or a boule, they call it a boule in New Orleans in July. And they had been working up until even with the, everything happening in New Orleans, they said that we, we are a business sorority. We're going to continue to conduct and operate as if it is going to take place. Well, they just announced this week they're, they're going to do it virtually. They're going to have wow. this whole virtual. And then next year they're going to continue uh, the parts that they couldn't do virtual. So it's going to be a two part type of convention. So, you know, I, those are, in my opinion, what I see as a new normal in some aspects and virtual right now um, is what it looks like for conventions going forward, at least this year. And I think with virtual this year, it will truly impact what conventions look like in the future as well. Mm. Well, we've certainly spent quite a bit on a convention center, and I think that people not being in person is something that will never happen. I think that science, technology will figure that aspect out. Um, I, I just already know that even in the midst of, of the, the worst, hey, don't go, we still saw office complexes still full with people in a lot of cases. Yes, I'm sure people complaining about this, but that just goes to show that humanity is a very people and group oriented species, right? That's what we are as humans. So the thought that we would go to a digital world and not meet together, um, I don't see that happening in the long run. I, I see that being a gradual and there's ways to go about it where we can be safer, but definitely. Um, so why I've got you, we've got just a couple minutes left here. There is, uh, you know, for people that are looking now, we've got a lot of people from California, uh, a lot of people from New York, Florida, um, shoot, Michigan now looking to invest in Oklahoma City, okay? Oklahoma City, what we call in investment terms, is a, is a, is a linear, not a cyclical market. We're not doing these ups and downs. We're a linear, low-cap market, so it's cheap to get into our market, and it's a linear, stable growth market. Uh, that is attracting a lot of investors, especially those that have just gotten their butts burned in the stock market, and they're going, no more. I want something I can put my hands on. And the phones are now ringing. The issue we have now is inventory. What are we telling those folks for Oklahoma City? Do we want more investors here? Or do we want more homeowners here? What, what I mean, the honest truth, what do we want for the future of Oklahoma City? Um, well, I, I know we you want both, obviously. Um, and as I speak for the ward that I serve, uh, definitely a desire for more home ownership um, in the communities that have not experienced home ownership uh, to the magnitude that others have. That that's a top of the list for for myself to ensure that we have the home ownership. And even with the home ownership, it helps to bring the investment. Um, it helps to bring the retail. It helps to bring the things that 
we know a lot of our communities um, need, desire, and and have not seen for quite some time. So I, I would definitely say it's a combination of both, but it depends on which part of the city that you're investing in to see what what's needed more. Is it the investment, the retail, or, or just in general um, a de- different type of development, or is it home ownership where you're able to bring um, those homeowners from those renters into that homeowner situation where they can change the momentum and, and change the generational aspect for their families in order to also bring the same retail that's been neglected in some of those areas as well. So it's a balance, in my opinion, of what what you would desire. But, you know, Oklahoma City is is definitely the place to that can have both. And I, I don't see why we couldn't have both. And and why we can't be intentional about bringing both of those types of opportunities to the areas uh, that need them the most. What's what's preventing homeowners from buying in these areas that we talked about that are that are a disadvantaged area? What is what is that? When you when you hear that, they say, "I can't buy a home because of." Oh well, a lot of them they can't buy a home because. Uh, they have not been through the process of understanding down payment assistance. They they don't understand the process of home ownership. They've never been a homeowner or generationally, um, they've never been a part of a family that has owned a home. They've been generational renters, so that's all they know. So it's just breaking the cycle, financial uh, security, um, making sure they have the, the financial education and literacy education about what the home ownership process looks like, uh, education about down payment assistance programs. You know, a lot of folks know what those programs are, but a lot of your disadvantaged communities, you know, that's that's never, that, not to say that's never on the forefront of their minds, but that may not be something that they think of at first. They're trying to survive. So that's not something that they would think of wealth as far as home ownership in order to provide for their families and and to have something to leave behind to continue to create that type of generational wealth for families so it's those those are the things that we have to get back to the basics for a lot of those communities that have been disadvantaged of saying this is available to you here is how you access it instead of thinking they already know how That is definitely a part of what Oklahoma City is so exciting for. Forbes magazine rated Oklahoma City number one for small business owners. And that's because it's a great place to start. It's a great place if you're asking, if you're approaching, if you're getting out there and saying, how do I get help with this? I've got an idea to do this. Here's what I want to do. And if you if you just get out there to ask, the city has infrastructure to help young, old, doesn't matter what age, doesn't matter what background, to get you a start on whatever business dreams you have or home ownership that you have. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on the show today. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit okcrealestateshow.com.